Hello, and welcome to the Creative Snippets podcast with myself, Barbara Wilson, and Tracy Stanley. We're passionate about encouraging creativity and are co-authors of the book, Creativity Cycling, Help Your Team Solve Solve Complex Problems with Creative Tools. I live near Nice in the south of France, and Tracy lives in Brisbane, Australia. We started recording our monthly conversations at the beginning of 2020 to provide information and inspiration on applying creativity to all aspects of your life. Today, we'll be discussing design thinking and the creative problem solving process. Now, Tracy, this is a topic that you wanted to particularly to discuss. And I'm, I'm wondering why you were curious about it. And, and would you like to summarize what it is? Great. Excellent. Thank you, Barbara, for that introduction. Um, Yes, and good morning. (laughs) Good morning. Um, Yes, like yourself, I've I've been interested in applying creativity in the workplace for a long time, for for many years, Um, and reading more to build up my understanding of its origins and its application. And the more I read about creativity, the more frequently I came across references to designed thinking. Uh, but let me, and let me just give a definition um, of this term. So design thinking is a human-centered approach to problem solving that emerged out of a reaction to the extensive use of the scientific method way back in the 1960s for solving problems. Now, the limitations of this very scientific approach were identified by Rittle, um, Horst Rittle, who spoke extensively about the need for problem solving and desire, and he became known for being the person who coined the term the wicked problem. At its heart or at its core, design thinking holds the belief that all problems, even the most wicked and intractable ones, and I think here of climate change and poverty and inequality, they are solvable. And for these complex multi-dimensional problems, they require a different approach, a more collaborative approach to help to more deeply understand, you know, the human needs and experiences and motivations and behaviours that are all complicit inside that problem. Now, it ended up, and I know that we'll be talking more about what design thinking is and how it compares to other processes like creative problem solving today, but my understanding is it's pulled together learning from many areas and ended up using a range of tools from the arts and other areas and such as things like visualization, journey mapping, value chain analysis, mind mapping, brainstorming, testing, prototyping, and had as a part of the experience doing it with your customer, whoever your customer was to co-create your solution. I talked about the need, you know, I talked about Uh, understanding human emotions and behaviours. It's also about having empathy with the customers and it requires a positive outlook, an optimistic outlook that, yes, we can solve this wicked problem and we can paint the picture to better understand it as a first step towards finding solutions to that. And what I particularly like is the fact that you can can accept Ambiguity is, is a normal part of the process. Ambiguity isn't something to, to be rejected. It's something that can be understood as a reality within a situation or a problem. <laughs> okay. Um, phew, I don't know, Barbara, if you want to add anything to my <laughs> definition of um, design thinking before you talk a bit about how it's different or the same as creative problem solving. 
Um, no, I think Tracy, that was that was quite comprehensive. Um, I, I guess um, as I'm listening to you, I'm kind of thinking through because I, I have to admit I, I I've heard the term um, over time, um, particularly when it's been introduced into into organizations people have been running workshops on it um so i have heard the term but i haven't delved into exactly what this is um my so i have certain impressions and and obviously um i've got some some points i'd like to make in in sort of comparing it to creative problem solving but i think that was a great overview tracy and uh, i love the fact that you brought in riffle he was his um you know this whole concept of having a wicked problem um it, as opposed to a, a i suppose a tame problem is is fundamental really to to why it's important to to look at problems in different ways and to mm. challenge our thinking about them. I think that, that that's important there um, because I think that too often, and I think people still do it, many people still do it, too often um, problems are solved by logical, rational means, um, but they never actually get solved. So they're addressed by logical, rational means, but they never get solved. Um, so, so, yeah, so thanks, Tracy. So, where to start really um i think in in looking at design thinking i i've kind of come to the conclusion that it it doesn't really differ very much now from creative problem solving um i think maybe its origins were were, were different um and i would have said probably that it's a methodology in that whole creative problem solving field in the same way as you know i've worked a lot with um osborne's uh, six stages or three stages of creative problem solving you know where you have the the di the, the diamonds that that have the divergent and the convergent cycles um and that's a sort of methodology i've worked with but there are also other methodologies um i mean one of the things about design thinking is that it's um, it comes under that sort of general heading of, of solutions focused, which is also, by the way, a, a kind of popular approach in coaching, um, mm. is solutions focused. And I suppose that in itself poses me a bit of a problem with creative problem solving, because I think if you're focused on the solution, you may have a tendency not to spend too much time understanding and unpicking the problem and from what i've read about design thinking that could be an issue so that's that's probably one of the first things i'd say um, in that uh, yeah uh, that that the there may be solutions focused kind of you know attempts to find a solution clearly <laughs> um, whereas with creative problem solving we try and stay out of solutions um, long enough to really get to grips with what's underpinning this problem you know what are the complexities here and do we really understand those so i think that's um that's one one thing i would say about the difference however in general terms as i said i think it's it's very similar um, I don't hear talk of the sort of divergent, convergent phases so much in design thinking, but perhaps I just haven't um, come across it. 
So that's not a, a critique I would um, lay on very, very thickly. Um, it's also, I think, the big difference of creative problem solving, and I think this is huge really, is that it really focuses on innovation and how to turn ideas into innovation. Creative problem solving has always been, a, I think, a, a traditional creative problem solving has always been a little bit weak on that, that side. It's been more about creating the ideas, getting new ideas, um, and then looking to see whether they could be turned into um, something else. And, and in fact, when you're looking at um, problems like climate change, I, I'm not sure if uh, looking for innovations is particularly the best way of going about it. As I say that, I can see that it's also important, um, but maybe just unpacking the problem and looking at you know, where the real issues are and how to address those rather than leaping into solutions that are about innovation. Um, there's this whole outcome and wanting to yeah. move that that the objective more it, it could potentially be a problem that not enough time is spent understanding the complexity of the problem yes exactly <laughs> that summarized it in a couple of words um yeah i think i think the other thing it does do um but also it kind of concerns me. So is that it, um, you, you mentioned the idea of involving the, um, the customer and there's a sort of a customer co-creation. I mean, I, I came across this lovely um, reference, this, this sort of thing that Henry Ford said, if I'd asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. Um, and that, that I suppose is a concern because the customer may just, may just, may want an improvement on what they've got now. So incremental innovation may be um, the, the thing that comes out of design thinking more than radical innovation. But that's just a, that's just a thought I have. That's a good, that's a good, it's a good point, good illustration. Hmm. Um, so I think that, that, so I think, yes, the focus on innovation, I, I'd be, yes, involving other people. Um, I think there's also probably when you're involving other people and asking customers that there's also that tendency to be a little bit more logical and rational in your thinking. Um, whereas creative problem solving I, has this kind of concept of fresh eye involving others, but not necessarily others who are closely involved in the problem um, so that you can take a wider, more of an umbrella umbrella view if you're involving people who are involved in the problem either the end users maybe you can't be standing back and taking that umbrella view that's a, another possibility but there's no reason why design thinking and couldn't be designed in such a way that you could do that um, the other um i suppose I think, yes, I think the other thing I'd say is that it, other than that, it uses a lot of the tools of um, CPS, traditional CPS tools, you know, and, and I love the, the idea that um, it's, you know, relies a lot on or it uses a lot of um, imagery in its processes. So I think, I think that, that that's important. 
Um, so yeah, I came across a framework that, um, and I'm not sure who the owner of this was. I, I meant to look up the reference. I sort of came across it and let me see if I can find it. Um, it was somebody, Linda Naiman, so I'll, I'll quote her, um, and she put this out on, on LinkedIn, but it was design thinking for innovation. And her stages that she proposed were discovery, um, frame and reframe, incubate, ideate, decide, prototype, deliver, and iterate. So it's kind of more than half of that process um, really is about you know, making the decisions about what you're actually doing. Um, there's perhaps a little bit less of that around the, I mean, I don't see a lot there about really unpacking the problem that you're trying to solve. Um, but I guess it might be in that discovery stage. So I think those are my views, Tracy, on, on, <laughs> on design. I'm not, I'm not dissing it. I, and I think if it's something that organizations are picking up and saying, yeah, let's run with it, then it's probably a ton better than um, the traditional problem-solving approaches that many organizations have been applying for, 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 for years. So... And people, organizations and people need to understand what is the strength and limitations of an approach. Mm. And, and so they need to have this conversation just as we've had a conversation to say, well, if we go down this, 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 this approach, does it mean, is there a risk that we don't spend enough time on the problem? Is there a risk that if we involve our customers too early, we become conservative in terms of solving the, the solution? Yeah. Does it yeah. mean we, we might not use some things that don't, fit so comfortably with this process, like, as you said, you know, often the use of imagery and other more artistic elements, which are, you know, clearly there within creative problem solving might not be used in the design thinking. I know these are just a few of my thoughts. Um, what would be some messages, Barbara, if you could wrap up that you'd like people to take away from, you know, your analysis? Um, I think the, thank you, actually, Tracy, that was a great summing up. So I'm not sure I could add very much more to that. Um, so I, I would say that probably the, there's not a lot of difference between design thinking and creative problem solving. However, the points you've made, I think, are very pertinent to that. Um, and I think that um, there are dangers with design thinking, as you said, that may build in a more logical approach. Um, but it would seem that complex wicked problems benefit really from a multi-dimensional problem solving approach and whichever one you choose um, could could work you know very well I think it's just bear in mind that you know we need to be um, we need to really think divergently we need to be open um, we need to be positive um, we need to yeah, to challenge and challenge assumptions. And if we can build all those sort of basics into design thinking or creative problem solving, then we stand a much better chance of resolving some of these complex problems. Yeah. I, I like those points you reiterated, you know, approaching it with a positive outlook, being open. And I guess if I add into the mix, understanding there'll be ambiguity and yeah. missing information. And that's all part of the picture. That's all part of the process. Yes. And yes. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? 
No, I think that that's um, <laughs> that's my take on it uh, for, for this morning anyway. That's great. That's great. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. And thanks, everybody else, for listening in again to my chat with Barbara. Um, our chat, um, which, um, which on all things creativity, so we're very motivated to encourage you to apply creativity at work and in your personal life. And if you'd like to learn more about us, you can find um, myself at tjstanley.com and Barbara at barbara-wilson.com. And, of course, we encourage you to buy our book, Creativity Cycling, Help Your Team Solve Complex Problems with Creative Tools on Amazon. And it's available on well, Amazon, Google Play, Book Depository, Barnes & Noble, and hopefully in your local bookstore as well. Uh, wishing you all a very creative day. Bye-bye, <laughs> Barbara. Okay, bye, Tracy. Bye, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>